Hello and welcome to another episode of Ozpol Explained. I am your guide to understanding how Australian politics works. My name is also David. I didn't write that in the teleprompter script. How will people know who I am? One guy on Facebook has been calling me Mark recently. I don't understand why. Anyway, today's episode is all about something super, super important, and that is figuring out who to vote for. This isn't about me comparing specific issues as those change over time. I do have some episodes comparing the political parties like elsewhere, not this one. This is just a guide for you to learn about different political parties, what they stand for, uh, and then, you know, learn where you stand on the political spectrum and figure out who you would like to vote for. This is a tool to help you figure it out. I'm not gonna suggest anyone specifically for you to vote for. The person you should vote for is the person who best aligns with your belief. Sometimes people ask me about strategy. Uh, the strategy is putting the person or party you like number one uh, on your ballot, followed by the rest of your preferences. Uh, it's not Dungeons and Dragons. You don't need to like min-max your barbarian before you go to the polls. Imagine just like charging through uh, and then rolling in that one and being like, ah, I've, I'll oh, know. Ah, yes, jokes that don't appeal to most people. Uh, so let's begin. Quick note, this is mostly going to do with uh, federal elections. First up, it's your good friend, the ABC Vote Compass. It's a quiz that asks you your opinion on a bunch of different issues, and then you rate them based on how much you agree with them with, you know, strongly, somewhat, neutral, etc. And then it shows your results on a graph with four sides, with economic right and economic left on either side, and social progressive on the top and social conservative on the bottom, effectively four squares making a larger square. In the top left, there'll be Greens, the left-wing party in Australia. Then Labour will be approximately in the centre-left. Then we'll have the Liberal National Coalition somewhere approximately in the centre-right. How far from the centre might vary based off, you know, what year it is and what quiz you take. It updates every new election, so when a new election is called, go and revisit it, even if you've done it before. The 2019 one had One Nation included, uh, the 2022 doesn't unless they've updated it since I last checked. One Nation of course will be right down there in the right corner uh, for more right-wing economically and conservatively. So even though it might not necessarily be there on every single version of this quiz, if you end up there in the bottom right, you're probably near One Nation. It then of course will generate another dot, which is you. You will be able to see where you stand. Uh, it also provides a percentage of how much you agree with a political party. So you might find yourself agreeing 90% with only one party, or you might find that you have a very close split between two. Sure, that's only, you know, the top three political parties and then also sometimes one nation as well, but that's still a good way to figure out if you are left-wing, right-wing, center. It's a good starting point whether you are a first-time voter or just doing your due diligence to reassess your voting opinions every election. Policies do shift over time, so again, revisit the quiz every time there is a new federal election. There are other quizzes if you like. There is I Side With, which has questions in all sorts of different sections. You can also go into like a bit more nuance and detail 
I side with also then gives you a percentage rating on how well you align with different political parties. It is produced by an American team though, who does also other uh, political compass quizzes. So I feel like some of the questions are not super relevant. Uh, like, do you agree with same-sex marriage? That's been a law for ages. Uh, if you don't agree with that, that's not an election issue. That's not going to change. It's also just helpful being asked your opinion on a bunch of different ideas and questions. It'll help you examine your own beliefs and make you consider things that you might not have considered before. And well, we've just focused on larger political parties, but here's a way to look into smaller ones who have already been in parliament at some point. Find out what politicians have voted for in the past on theyvoteforyou.org.au. It's a helpful resource about learning what a member or senator's voted on and what debates they've been in, taking text straight from the Hansard record, which is a publicly available record of everything said in Parliament. You can put in your postcode or the name of a member or senator that you want to learn more about. Also, quick note, some electorates cover only half of a suburb, um, so if you put in uh, a postcode and you get two options, you should go to check .aec.gov.au, uh, put in your address, and then get an exact answer of which electorate you're in. I personally lived one street over from a different electorate once. I had to zoom in on a map once on the electoral boundaries. I'm like, am I, am I here? Am I here? I should have just gone to check.aec.gov.au. Would have saved me so much time. I can't read maps very well. So using theyvoteforyou.org.au, you'll get a list of topics and how people have voted on them, whether it's like very strongly, modelly for, sometimes for and against, strongly against, etc, etc. Not everyone is always in a chamber during a vote, so there are sometimes a few gaps in members' voting records. There's also like a policy page, so you can find a breakdown of who voted for or against a certain topic. Members of a party tend to vote the same way as each other as a group. Not always, quite often they do. So it's useful that you could look up your local member who is part of one party and then a couple of electorates over, look at someone who is a different political party and see how their voting records differ. And circling back, the ABC is also super helpful. It publishes election guides for both state and federal, providing helpful comparisons, but usually, again, just for the major parties. So yes, it's not fully comprehensive, but no resource is, but it's a good starting point. There are lots and lots of minor parties, so a fully comprehensive list of everyone is not usually a thing that happens. But every now and again, if you try and like Google search minor party comparison, you might actually find a list. You can go onto the AEC website and find a list of registered political parties. And so you can look up the entire list uh, close to an election. You'll be able to find which ones are running in your area, and then you can able to do individual research on them. Of course, people will often be campaigning before then, so you could probably be like, aha, there seems to be a sign here uh, promoting Bloody blah party. Maybe I could Google that and find out a few things about them. So unfortunately, all the previous things are mostly to do with, you know, the larger political parties, and they are a very helpful guide, but, you know, they're not fully comprehensive especially if you find that you don't super align with any of the political parties that you've seen during this journey. Okay, so 
basically I really recommend looking at policy pages on websites. You will get an understanding and learn about them, whether or not they're conservative, centrist, progressive, socialist, etc. Um, that one's probably in the name. A little bit of research can go a long way. You might not have the time or interest to read absolutely everything on a policy page or for every single party, but it's always a good way to have at least a general idea of a few preferences, not just your first. Remember, your preferences can determine who wins if no one gets more than 50% of the first preference votes. So at least a little bit of researching for at least a few candidates is super helpful. In the 2019 federal election, only 46 out of 151 seats in the House of Representatives were won on first preferences alone. So that means more than two thirds of the election was based off preferences. So please consider who you vote for and remember that voting matters. Elections sometimes are determined by thousands of votes and sometimes only a few. Clive Palmer, for example, was elected in 2013 by only 53 votes after preferences were counted. He was actually very, very far behind on first preference counts. In 2016, Labour's Kathy O'Toole won by 37 votes. Election margins have been even single-digit numbers. The electorate of Werewa was once won by Labour by only seven votes. And in 1888, which I know was forever ago, uh, John Horgan won a WA state election by only three votes. So stop thinking you can't change who gets in. It can take just a few people to vote one way instead of the other to either vote someone in or keep them there. So remember, best of luck, have fun, enjoy the democracy sausage, and best of luck figuring out who you would like to vote for.